Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. So what do you get when you add Ambien to a graduation speech? Well, you're going to hear that today with a moment in Kramer history here in about 15 minutes on the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. (laughs) How are you? Hi, I'm Steve Kramer. Um, So I created this podcast with my mom because she's got the best words of wisdom ever. They've changed my life and they will for you too. She's a saint. Her name's Nancy Yancey. Say hi to her. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. I think we might take the show to three days a week. Oh, okay. I I thought I would just just drop this on you at the very beginning of the show today. We didn't talk about this off the air. Um, You know, I'm telling you that right now, this survey that we're doing, we're doing a brand new survey in case you're you've been catching up and that is asking you a bunch of different questions of how I'm going to kind of maneuver this show through the next couple of months. And what I'm finding is that people aren't listening. Most majority of people aren't listening every day is they're coming in and they're just kind of listening to an episode here, an episode there, but it hasn't really become like a daily routine for most of our audience. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I mean, like we still have a couple more days, three more days technically for you to take the survey, but it's looking like we might take this to a three day a week show. How does that make you feel? That's fine. I mean, I'm just along for the ride. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you, I will early early numbers show that you're uh, you're the number one you're the number one guest on the show. You beat out Dad. You beat out such celebrities as Dad <laughs> oh, and geez. Maggie. Oh my! And Holly and Tough Miguel. So that's good. Competition. Yeah. Tough competition. <laughs> tell you. So anyway, if you haven't taken the survey, please do it. Like, make your voice be heard if you listen to this podcast. It really is super important. It takes less than three minutes, and uh, by the end of the week, we're gonna have to kind of make some decisions. Also, like with a lot of people are like. Uh, you know, because a lot of people are like, hey, sell merchandise. And I have a couple of items of clothing. I have like a t-shirt and a couple of hoodies that have my logo on it. And people are like, can I have one? And I'm like, you really want to buy a logo shirt? <laughs> um, and then just, I don't know, we're just trying to figure out ways to keep this thing afloat without losing hundreds of dollars every single month. So I'm just trying different things. And if you would really do me a favor and go take the survey, that'd be awesome. It's in the show notes, or you can always go to survey dot certified mama's boy.com that is going to be over by the end of the week which will be april no sorry may god may 22nd <laughs> it's already may you know? i know i know um so it, it, that's really important to go uh to go do that yeah i was I'm working out today my gym i go to nine round uh it's like a kickboxing gym mm-hmm. down in point loma the point loma location and they've been doing these online zoom um, workouts every single day. Yeah. And I don't, I don't go every day. I probably only go once or twice a week to those, but they also have like an online workout too. And that like is pre-produced by like the national nine round gyms. And, um, but I was talking to the guy today and I'm like, man, summer bodies are just, uh, that's like a thing of the past. There is no way <laughs> yeah. because eventually we're going to be out in bikinis and, and, you know, and bathing suits. Mm-hmm. And those days, I know a lot of people are like, well, yeah, 2020 was going to be my year. It was going to be my year. <laughs> it's the Corona get real year. Yeah. Right? It's, 
I think Corona had different plans for your body than uh, than you may have had at the beginning of the year. So I think Corona had plans, different plans for all of us. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. What a weird year it's been. It's been so no. weird to think about. Something else really weird happened though. Um, I my mom sent me a screenshot of a letter that she had written me, and it got sent back to you. It said that my house was vacant. <laughs> I was Which afraid is, that you had moved and hadn't told me. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. I was kind of afraid maybe maybe I got evicted didn't even know it. Um, yeah. Did you get the address right? Is everything right on it? Yes. Everything okay. is exactly right. What zip code did you put on there? Oh, it's covered up now, but I'm sure it's the right one. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. It's really weird. So I told my mom to bring the letter uh, since I couldn't read it when she sent it to me. When did you write this letter? So this was the week of Mother's Day. So I sent okay. all my children a little love note for Mother's Day because I'm honored so, to be your mom. Which I, that's not really how it works, but that's really <laughs> nice of you. Um, well, so do you want to read? Do you want to read what you wrote to me? Then obviously you didn't expect this to be a public thing, so this will be the <laughs> the real testament of how you feel. It would be funny if it was like quite the opposite of what you're used to hearing from her. If it was like. <laughs> Screw you! The worst thing I don't want to do. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. (laughs) It's probably your resignation letter. Find some other sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, times are hard, but I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's going to come one of these days. I'm worried about that. (laughs) No, I would never do that. You know that. All right, let's hear it. This one says, "Dearest Stephen." Just a love note to say how honored I am to be your mom. I love that you share your life with me and love the relationship we have. You bless me in more ways than I can say. But please know how honored and blessed I am to have you for my son. Always know that I'll love you forever. So sweet. Mm -hmm. Mean it. Uh, Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Same goes. Same goes for you. And a question that I get a lot, and maybe you can kind of go into this a little bit, and is this, but I want you to be honest with it. I want you to be honest. Okay. Um, is a lot of people ask me if I am the favorite child. Oh, no, not that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, not that old question. That. Mm-hmm. Um, am, I, am I your favorite child? Because I think that I am. I really do think that. Well, I hope your brother and sister think they are too. Um. Why, why, I mean, do you, honestly, if you really think about it, I ask, I ask a lot of parents, like some of my friends that are parents, mm-hmm. I ask them the question of like, do you, like, do you have a favorite child? And, and they, some of them will admit that yes, at least they feel closer to one child than another. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, I, and you can be honest if you don't mm-hmm. feel that way towards anybody. No, or, I, because you all are so different. I, I mean, <laughs> our relationships are very different. So I yeah. love the relationship I have with all of you, but they're all very different because you're very different. But I love you all. I love so you what all ch- for who you are. What child am I to you? I'm the most what child? Um, you're the most enthusiastic. <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you're the um, highest energy, I guess. You have I, a lot literally, of energy. I've literally, well, I don't even know if that's that. That's the case. I, I've now told my friends don't call me before ten a.m. and that ten <laughs> to eleven a.m. hour are really going to be rocky. Still, I've, 
I've used to waking up at, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning for so long. Mm-hmm. So I used to do morning radio, right? And mm-hmm. I am so not used to that anymore. I have to completely throw my clock off. I have mm-hmm. no idea how in the world. Because let's just say, let's just let's just play hypothetical here for a minute. Eventually, you know, if if all goes well, I'm gonna get back in and do a morning radio, if that's the plan that I expect. Mm-hmm. And I Let's just say, hypothetically, that I were to go to the East Coast, okay? Mm -hmm. And if I were to go to the East Coast and I'm used to waking up at around, let's just say, we'll say four to make it easy. So Mm -hmm. I'm used to waking up at 4 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, 4 a.m. West Coast time is 1 (laughs) a.m. East Coast time. (laughs) Right now, I can't even talk before 11 (laughs) a.m. West Coast time, which is 2 (laughs) p.m., On the East Coast. <laughs> so how in the hell am I ever going to get my body like trained to go back in, like to, to be able to do that, like to be able to talk? I mean, this show, honestly, we start recording right now. It's 3.45 in the afternoon. This is just mm-hmm. about now when I feel like I've got the energy to, <laughs> to get on here and do this thing. Well, I don't mean energy just by uh, in the means of uh, physical stamina. I mean, I'm talking about creative energy. You have a lot of yeah. creative energy. I do. I can't sit still. Yeah. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's one of the things I'm worried about. Let's just let's like break this down. I'm gonna break this down for you really quick about how I'm feeling about this podcast right now. Kind of like okay. where my head's at. Okay. I, I enjoy doing it once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard because honestly, when I was on the air, I mean, this is what I do, right? I create content-based shows around my life and around mm-hmm. things going on. And um, but the problem is I'm like stuck. In the house, really not doing much at all. So yeah. the, the content is lacking, I would say, mm-hmm. and there's not really a lot, a ton going on. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not living much of a life now either. So I'm just quarantined right. here in Dawsonville. Like I literally asked my mom before we go on, like anything going on over there? She's like, No, we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do for Memorial Day. Like, all right, well. <laughs> Not much of a story there, is there? No. Um, so that I, – I and honestly, I think that I need to thank you for listening because I do think that this podcast has really helped – it mostly helped my mental health because mm-hmm. it's taken up – it takes up a lot of time every single day. I mean it takes between yes. five and eight hours a day to produce this thing up. Yes. So that I'm really appreciative of. Yes. Um, I mean sometimes like, – like last night I was a little bit – down. I, I, I go in waves because, you know, I'm, I, I'm looking at numbers too much. And I'm looking at listens too much. And I need to like really stop that and just appreciate the, whatever we're, whatever we're doing. But I want to be like the number one podcast in the world. And oh, I'm just not sure how to get there. Anyway. You so, better find someone besides your mom to work with. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that would be my advice. No, you're, again, my you're the motherly, biggest celebrity. My motherly wisdom. <laughs> the biggest, the biggest celebrity we have on the show so far. Oh been, yeah, right. <laughs> has been you. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, but the thing is, is I don't. I forget where we're going with this whole thing. Why was I talking about the podcast in the first place? About what it's uh, meant to you during this time. Oh yeah. So like, I I appreciate that part. Um, I just what I am worried about is that I'm overproducing content to where because like the phone calls aren't coming in as much and. When they do, they're like, you know, a week and a half behind. So somebody call and be like, hey, I'm listening to episode 13. I feel like blah, blah, blah. And I'm mm. like, I can't really use that phone call anymore. 
mm-hmm. you know, for it's like so beyond the point. And I, I just I'm so used to a radio show where everything is so instant. So like the content that I need from that I'm expecting to get from the audience, which I know you guys are listening. And trust me, I look at the numbers every day. <laughs> um, I know you're out there. It's just that the, I'm not getting the content that I need to really produce this show up. And since I'm not able to produce enough content myself, mm-hmm. it just becomes a struggle some days. Now, with that said, um, you know, I was hoping that I was going to be able to make this commercial based to where we could sell commercials for it. We'll see. I mean, I don't know that we're going to be able to get to a point where this will be able to sustain with just commercials. So even that part to me is like, well, if we drop down from, because you have to, the way, I don't, this may be extremely boring of a conversation, but I'm just trying to explain. I want you to understand the whole concept of how this whole thing works. So every impression that they, they sell this podcast by impressions, right? So if we have five 100 people listen to an episode and that's you know 500 impressions right. so if i do let's just we'll use the number 500 for example if i if, if 500 people listen a day and they listen five days a week then that's you know 2500 impressions a week mm-hmm. um if i do three episodes and that's 1500 impressions a week so that, that i'm not going to make as much money to be able to keep the podcast going as well mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, if nobody's listening anyway, <laughs> like I'm not getting daily listens. Does it matter? Like, am I just really just kind of just putting content out there and no one's really, you know, listening to it as much, you know? So, well, it's new uh, and, and you, you need to keep exploring it. No, I am. I, I'm very grateful. I am very grateful that you have this podcast going right now because for me, I think this has been a really good lifeline for you. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just okay. dropping my phone. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, yeah, it, gi- and, and, it gives and, you something creative to do every day and it keeps you in touch with your audience, which I know they appreciate and all your fans. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think there was, I don't think there's anything to lose, but I agree. If people aren't listening, then it is kind of a waste of time and energy. So I just need yeah. to make sure that I don't – the show unfortunately costs money to make. Mm-hmm. And like if I had a normal job and, you know, and right now I still have money coming in and it's fine to, to you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. say blow money but to invest money into this. But pretty soon I just don't want it to be a thing where I'm like, well, you know, literally like this is – I'm down to my last dollar but I still got this <laughs> podcast going so that's cool. So it is hard because I do like talking to you guys on a daily basis and I do like to make this show. But anyway, I'm more like way off track now. So um, there you go. Should we look into another commencement speech today? Mm, definitely. This one is really good. So we have been honoring the class of 2020 since I know it's been kind of crappy this year for anybody graduating, you know, your whole he, all your celebration and hard work, at least the recognition part of it got kind of poo-pooed on this year. So what I'm doing is I'm taking a look at some of the best commencement speeches ever given. And by playing them for the class of 2020, I also feel like it's playing, um, it's it's kind of getting us motivated too. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from you guys. Like it's kind of nice to hear these positive things and these mm-hmm. people that have been successful because everything that you've noticed, you know, the last couple of days, everyone has had some type of hardship. Even when I played the... Um, What's the girl from Lord of the Rings? Uh, J.K. Rowling uh, clip mm. a few weeks ago. Yes. It was a thing where everyone goes through turbulent times. Maybe this is just for me. I don't know. I'm sure hope, hopefully there's somebody else getting something out of this. Um, oh, I think there are a few people going through turbulent times right now. Yeah. Considering the unemployment numbers. Sure. 
so Steve Jobs is who we're going to look at today. He gave the commencement speech uh, to Stanford University in 2005. And, of course, Steve Jobs is the founder of Apple. And his story is – you've read his book, haven't you, Mom? I did. Uh-huh. I thought yeah, so. when it first um, came you know, out. You, he's one of those kind of guys that you just assume – has always done well um, and like just had this upward trajectory of uh, success, but he's not, he's not, he's like, he's had quite a few failures and not even failures, but just setbacks. And I think this commencement speech is about 15 minutes. We're only going to play about five or so minutes of it. Um, The first part, he talks about connecting the dots, which Mm is, I'll just sum this up for you and you can go watch the whole thing in the show notes, but you can't connect the dots until afterwards is what he's trying to say. Yes. Like one thing has to lead to another and all these chance and weird circumstances that you get yourself into, like you never know how these circumstances that you're going through or even just off chances of situations can lead to something really cool. I'll give you a small example of how I I think this is true. Mom, you obviously know the story. Mm -hmm. Um, I was probably 16 or 17 years old. And I always listened since I was the age of seven or eight or maybe younger than that. I always wanted to be on the radio and I would like record myself and make fake radio shows. And do you remember that, that radio shack mixer I used to have mom, (laughs) you know, and I didn't really know how to use it, but I I bought it and I had to kind of figure it out how to like produce up these little radio shows on tape. And listen, I've been doing this for a long time, man. And I didn't really know how to get into radio and I didn't really know like the steps to take, but just by off chance, I decided to stop by this garage sale and this woman um, is like just in the middle of nowhere or not in the middle of nowhere, but it's just, you know, just on this random street that wasn't looking for a garage sale. But I was like, I want to stop by. And when I stopped by, she happened to have all of these older uh, like CDs or CD collections. And I was like, that's cool. And I started buying some because I'd started doing like a little side DJ work. Well, she happened to own a DJ company. <laughs> and when I explained to her, that's really what I kind of wanted to get into was – you know, DJing and hosting parties, then she said we should talk. And because of that opportunity that I took at age 16 or seven, I think I was, I think I was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that really kind of gave me the confidence to start, you know, hosting and that kind of led to one thing and that's kind of led to one thing. And it's funny when you look back and he makes a good point in the first part of the speech about connecting the dots and how you may not know in the moment, but when you look back, they're very clear, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Exactly. That's the beauty, as I was saying yesterday, of being in your 30s and your 40s, that you now have a history you can look back on and you can see those dots. Because that's that's certainly true of my life, too. You know, I by chance, I happened to be in the right place at the right time that presented a, a great life-changing opportunity um, right. a couple of times, you know. So, yeah, you just never know. But his point is... Do what you love. Do what you love. He always did what he loved. And um, he talks talks about, you know, being let go from Apple. And that was devastating. I mean, to the world. People couldn't believe. Um, But, you know, he talks about how the the heaviness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again. Well, that's actually – so that's the part I'm going to play. I'm going to play part two, which is, uh, yeah, the story about getting – publicly let go from Apple and kind of what that looked like. My second story 
is about love and loss. I was lucky. I found what I loved to do early in life. Waz and I started Apple in my parents' garage when I was 20. We worked hard, and in 10 years, Apple had grown from just the two of us in a garage into a $2 billion company with over 4,000 employees. We just released our finest creation, the Macintosh, a year earlier, and I just turned 30. And then I got fired. How can you get fired from a company you started? Well, as Apple grew, we hired someone who I thought was very talented to run the company with me. And for the first year or so, things went well. But then our visions of the future began to diverge, and eventually we had a falling out. When we did, our board of directors sided with him. And so at 30, I was out, and very publicly out. What had been the focus of my entire adult life was gone, and it was devastating. I really didn't know what to do for a few months. I felt that I had let the previous generation of entrepreneurs down, that I had dropped the baton as it was being passed to me. I was a very public failure, and I even thought about running away from the valley. But something slowly began to dawn on me. I still loved what I did. The turn of events at Apple had not changed that one bit. I'd been rejected, but I was still in love. And so I decided to start over. I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. The heaviness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again, less sure about everything. It freed me to enter one of the most creative periods of my life. During the next five years, I started a company named Next, another company named Pixar, and fell in love with an amazing woman who would become my wife. Pixar went on to create the world's first computer animated feature film, Toy Story, and is now the most successful animation studio in the world. In a remarkable turn of events, Apple bought Next, and I returned to Apple, and the technology we developed at Next is at the heart of Apple's current renaissance. And Lorene and I have a wonderful family together. I'm pretty sure none of this would have happened if I hadn't been fired from Apple. It was awful tasting medicine, but I guess the patient needed it. Sometime life, sometimes life's going to hit you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. I'm convinced that the only thing that kept me going was that I loved what I did. You've got to find what you love. And that is as true for work as it is for your lovers. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking, don't settle. My third story is about death. When I was 17, I read a quote that went something like, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. It made an impression on me, and since then, for the past 33 years, I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I am about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death. 
leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. About a year ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had a scan at 7.30 in the morning, and it clearly showed a tumor on my pancreas. I didn't even know what a pancreas was. The doctors told me this was almost certainly a type of cancer that is incurable, and that I should expect to live no longer than three to six months. My doctor advised me to go home and get my affairs in order, which is doctor's code for prepare to die. It means to try and tell your kids everything. You thought you'd have the next 10 years to tell them in just a few months. It means to make sure everything is buttoned up so that it will be as easy as possible for your family. It means to say your goodbyes. I live with that diagnosis all day. Later that evening, I had a biopsy where they stuck an endoscope down my throat, through my stomach and into my intestines, put a needle into my pancreas and got a few cells from the tumor. I was sedated, but my wife, who was there, told me that when they viewed the cells under a microscope, the doctors started crying because it turned out to be a very rare form of pancreatic cancer that is curable with surgery. I had the surgery and thankfully, I'm fine now. <clears throat> mm. This was the closest I've been to facing death, and I hope it's the closest I get for a few more decades. Having lived through it, I can now say this to you with a bit more certainty than when death was a useful but purely intellectual concept. No one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. And yet, <laughs> death is the destination we all share. No one has ever escaped it. And that is as it should be, because death is very likely the single best invention of life. It's life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. Right now, the new is you. But someday, not too long from now, you will gradually become the old and be cleared away. Sorry to be so dramatic, but it's quite true. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. When did Steve Jobs die? Do you know? Yeah, he died in 2011. And he was how old? 56. I mean, that's really not that old. No, he was very young. I mean, he, he literally changed everything as we know it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Everything as we know it. He, I mean, I, he may be one of the biggest innovators that we have ever seen in our lifetime. The iPhone... Mm -hmm. You know, Apple changed so much, the, the computer interface, mm -hmm. iPhones, um, a, I, mean, they were, I mean, yeah, like oh all of it gosh. Yes. was so different. And I really, I highly recommend that you go and you watch this whole speech. It's like I said, 15 minutes. It's in the yes. show notes. It's um, wonderful. But talk about in 56 years, like following your dreams. And he definitely had a lot of ups and downs and he definitely 
you know, he didn't let his set, he, you know, he didn't let his life set him back, but $7 billion later, <laughs> uh, you know, he, he really did a lot. And I think it's a really, mm-hmm. really powerful speech. Mom, like when you, let's just say that you were to die today, God, no, let's not, but let's just, <laughs> let's just imagine that you were to pass away today. Do you, mm-hmm. is there anything else that you feel like you want to accomplish in this life? No, I am perfectly content and pleased with the life that I've led. I couldn't ask for anything better. I couldn't ask for a better life. No. Yeah. No, I, I've been so just blessed enormously. And obviously, you still have at least 100 or more years to go, hopefully. Um, Gosh. Yeah, right. I just hope that we all, no matter what, I mean, even as 56 years, uh, he made such an impact. And I hope that all mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. can look back on our lives and feel the same way. I think it's all, you know, when you read a bunch of these, and I have over the years about people on their deathbeds and what they wish they would, you know, what they wish they would have done, it's all like live like live every minute, live every moment. Mm-hmm. Don't go to bed angry. Don't like mm-hmm. get pushed back. Keep going forward. I mean, it's all the cliche mm-hmm. you heard, but mm-hmm. it's these, you know, sometimes you got to hear it a hundred thousand times for it to sink in. And it's over and over. I mean, most successful people have that story. Yeah. They have totally. that story. Um, so yeah. And being and successful we'll, in life doesn't mean being a billionaire. What do you think your biggest success is? Oh, definitely my three children. I mean, yeah. do you really mean that or do you have to say that? Because think, oh. keep in mind, you have how many over the 24 years that you were the executive at a transitional housing program, mm-hmm. how many families do you think you helped? Oh, um, at least 1,100. Okay. So don't you think that's a little bit more important than just popping out three kids? <laughs> No, I mean, no, I don't. I'm I'm honored to have done that work and to have had a wonderful team of people to work with. And certainly, I mean, every family there is important. And, you know, for generations, lives will be changed. And I am thrilled to have been a part of Rainbow Village from the beginning and to have built it into the organization that it is today. Very, very proud and very honored to have been a part of that. But nothing, nothing has ever been more important to me than being a mom and having wonderful kids that have a wonderful life. It's a lot to live up to now. Mm-hmm. Get going. <laughs> snap, snap. <laughs> now I really got to do something in my life or I feel like I really let you down. So. You won't let me down. Live your dream. Live your dream. Keep moving forward and keep looking upward. We will do – we got two more days of this, two more really good speeches coming up here. And uh, there we go. So Love it. I love you very much. Love you forever. All right. Let's take a break. When we get back, it's another moment in Kramer history, a time we look back over my career with ridiculous stuff I've done. Uh, What do you get when you take a graduation speech like the ones we've been looking at all week and we add in a little ambient? Well, it gets interesting next on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. A moment in Kramer history. I'll have you know I do every single one of those separate. It's not like, a, like the same little sound effect I use every time. It's a brand new one. 
every week. Yeah, a moment in Kramer history. So I am a morning show DJ, was, got fired, am in between. We're on a break right now. We're on a break. I'm going to say it like that. Me and morning radio are on a break right now. We're trying to figure things out. We don't know if we can recoup this and get back to where we were or not. And so what we're doing is, because morning radio and I were together for a long time, and what I'm doing is I'm looking back at moments over my relationship with morning radio and laughing at a lot of it because it's just ridiculous. Let me take you back to the year 2011. The day was May the 17th. And uh, just like now on this show, we were looking at different graduation speeches, but how things have changed. Um, we had a reoccurring segment on the show because my, Miguel, my old co-host, used to take Ambien. And if you don't know this about Ambien, and I cannot tell you how many doctors would call in and tell us not to do this because it's not safe at all, is if you take Ambien, which is a sleep time, like a sleep aid medicine, and like a very heavy prescription one, and you don't go to sleep, you start to get real crazy. Well, for me, that was radio gold, right? So what... I did was I created a, um, a bit called Uncle Miguel's Ambient Up Bedtime Stories. And so what I would tell him to do would be like, hey, take an Ambient, wait an hour, and then I want you just to like turn on the recorder and start telling stories. Let's just kind of see what come from them. Well, we I had you know told him that let's do something for graduation week and this – this is what we got. So Miguel Fuller and his Ambient stories. If you don't know, Miguel is on this sleeping pill called Ambient. And the problem with Ambient, it makes you go to sleep. But if you don't like get in bed and like, right. close your eyes. Actually go to sleep. It makes your mind a little loopy. You get crazy. Right. And this is what happens. Um, Miguel will take his Ambient. And then like half an hour to an hour later, he will stumble into the living room and say he wants to tell me a bedtime story. Yes. Which are always entertaining. Yes. Oh, my. And here was the one about graduation. Yeah. That he gave this weekend to Holly O'Connor. Listen. Excuse me? Oh, yes, it's a nipple time. Nipple time? Yes, it's a little nippy outside right now. <laughs> well, <coughs> my friends, we have come to another date, a very important date. We should make sure you know, too, is that Miguel has no recollection. That's the weird thing. It shuts his brain down. Yeah. So he has no idea what he said the first time I'm hearing this. Of your lives. I'm so excited. You are about to usher and launch yourself off into the next generation of life. What I call death. (laughs) Yes, my friends. Listen. I don't think this is You know what? I don't give a what anybody says. (laughs) This is the realest you're gonna hear <laughs> ever. I'm about to really break it down for you on exactly what you need to do. Okay, first off, what you need to do if you have three credit card offers at your house by the time you go back from graduation ceremony, take one of them. All these people who say, no, 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 don't get no credit card, don't get no credit card. Get your ass a credit card because let me tell you, when you get to college over there and you don't have a damn cent to your name and you thinking, I just want a piece of pizza with some ranch on the side. What the am I supposed to do? Well, my friend, that credit card is there for you. Ready for the next one? Um, apparently. (laughs) Okay. Close your legs to married men. Let me tell you, girl. We have neighbors. When you get to college or you go to go 
coast. Don't sit up there and be sitting in that classroom with your legs wide open <laughs> trying to get somebody to help you get a better grade, whether it's your professor or the man who's in there for extra education who's a businessman. <laughs> Don't you open your legs to him, girl. You got better self-respect than that. But I want you sincerely from the bottom of my heart, I want you to know. Close your legs <laughs> to men who are married okay. because you don't want to get a baby. Okay, Jesus Lord. Are you done? Almost. Oh, God. So, I would just like to say, for the class of 2011, mm -hmm. oh my God, I'm old. <laughs> Be frugal. Be self-righteous. <laughs> okay. Tread lightly. <laughs> and above all else, be vigilant. <laughs> Miguel, well-spoken. Well-spoken. Yeah. I can't imagine the amount of brain cells we killed during that segment. I mean, you really, I don't know, like, the long-term effects of staying up on that stuff. But, yeah, seriously, so many doctors are calling back, don't do this. It's really encouraging people to do bad things. But the audio is so funny. We have, we probably did that bit for a year at least, if, if not more. Uh, so I don't know of any of that. I mean, closing your, your legs to married men is actually pretty decent advice. I don't know if I'd take credit card advice from a ambient up Miguel. Anyway, there's a, another moment in Kramer history. You know, we haven't done it in a while that I want to take a look at before we get to the good news is how many people listen to this show and from where, right? We have ambassadors all over the country and uh, we've met people all over the world that listen to this podcast. Well, I was looking at the numbers yesterday and shocker. And I realized that if I go into, I can like pull reports of what I should say, and I can actually see even more so where people are listening. Right? So do you, are you curious? Are you like a little bit curious where everybody's listening? Cause I know I am. Um, we have had most people obviously live in the US. We've had 870 downloads in Mexico, though. Netherlands, shout out. Greece is listening, but I need to find out who in Greece is listening to the show. We know Japan listens. We know Mexico listens. We know that the Netherlands listens. Um, Lisa over the Netherlands, shout out. Hopefully, you're still listening. She'll, she'll DM me too if she's still listening. She does. She DMs me and says hi um, when I give her a shout out. Who is listening in Greece? We have had plenty of downloads in Greece, but I don't know who is listening. So if that is you, we want to know who you are and what you're about. So you can contact me in a couple of different ways. You can email me, thatguycramer at gmail.com, or you can always uh, hit me up on Instagram. I'm thatguycramer on there. I just want to find out who in the world is listening in Greece. And I'm going to seek this one out for a little bit of time. We'll go country by country. But if you are the person that listens to the 35 Mamas Boy podcast in Greece, I want to know who you are. And now, the good news. Okay, at the end of every single show right now, I didn't expect this to go so long, but we're still doing it, man. The good news from the coronavirus, because... My point is, is it's crappy as it is sometimes, there's a lot of good stuff still going on too out in the world. And we need to also recognize that, not just 
promote all the scary stuff going on. So I try to find some good stories to share with you, and uh, this is a really cool one. So there's a dad in Tennessee, right? And his daughter has been working for a couple of years now to get her bachelor's in public health science. Her name is Gabrielle, and Gabrielle was actually finished classes back in the uh the winter semester fall semester i guess and so she wasn't going to walk to the spring though because they only have ceremonies once every year so she's all excited like, yeah yeah worked hard got it well she got an email mid-march saying like nah we're we're canceling this it was the university of louisiana which every school is canceled too well she wasn't the only one heartbroken her dad was too so her dad torrance literally spent let me see how long it was six weeks and he reserved a photographer a stage and a podium without his daughter's knowledge. Now, the day came, and she was shocked to find this full stage waiting for her in the front yard. There are 40 people in attendance, all sitting six feet apart with mask on. And her dad even played Pomp and Circumstance, you know, the song. And she walked up to get her diploma. And it's a really cool story, and I've um, that's I hope that I would be a good dad like that. I don't know that I would be, per se, that's my biggest fear. It's like, will I be as good of a dad as that? That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. So go see that. It's in the show notes now, all those pictures. And I want to be able to give this next story more credit, but it just, it freaks me out because I, I would never personally do this. But there are thousands of young adults who are volunteering to catch COVID-19 to save others in the future. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Would you do that, honestly? Would you go and would you actually get the coronavirus, knowing that it could be good for humanity. Oh, There's a group called One Day Sooner. The campaign is an initiative that is rallying for healthy, low-risk adults to participate in a human challenge trial, an H, um, HCT, for developing the novel coronavirus vaccine. Basically what they do is they just give them like they just give them the coronavirus and then they, they try to, you know, work on trials to, to make it better. And, and they literally have had so many people. Um, let's see, since day one began searching for potential volunteers, almost 24,000 adults across 102 countries have expressed an uh, interest in the HCT trial. That's crazy now again do we need a vaccine i don't want to get into this and this like yeah we need a vaccine we don't the fact though that twenty four thousand people are willing to say sure i'll try it you can you can give me the coronavirus i mean that too if it helps the good of everyone else i think that's that's amazing here's a little bit more about the organization so we think that even if it saves just one day it could be really valuable. We think it could actually save uh, a month or even more in vaccine development. Uh, and that's basically because in a usual clinical trial, you would be having about 5,000 people over the course of maybe six months or more. Whereas this can be done uh, uh, with about 100 people in maybe a couple months. I'll put a link if you want to get the coronavirus uh, in the show notes. You don't, I don't know that I recommend that either. And at the end of the show, I leave with made me laugh. It's something I saw online that was really funny. Usually I've got some audio to go with it. This one I don't. And I don't know if you saw this story or not, but it's, it's been going around uh, Facebook a lot. So uh, there is a post on Reddit, a Redditor that ordered a pizza from a local restaurant. And it was called like Pasquale's Pizza or something. And he had like never heard of it before. And so he started doing some research and realized that Pascal or Pasquelli's or whoever is actually a character of the Chuck E. Cheese franchise. And indeed, the pizza was coming 
from Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, this is a true story, and they're doing it like all over the country. I think it's so funny because, I mean, no one's going to order pizza from Chuck E. Cheese for your to-go order, right? Like, no one goes to Chuck E. Cheese for the pizza. But this is their way to, like, disguise it under a character's name. They're like, what? What? We're just... I mean, it's it's honestly genius. Well, Colbert took a stab at it last night. The shutdown has hurt a lot of businesses that rely on bringing people inside, like Chuck E. Cheese, which has lost 21% of sales due to coronavirus. Weirdly, the idea of letting a bunch of kids eat with their hands from the same tray while playing in a communal pit of plastic balls and dirty diapers no longer appeals. But the good people at Chuck E. Cheese have a solution. They've been making their menu available for delivery on Grubhub under the pseudonym Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. A fake name, really? Charles Entertainment Cheese, I've never been so disappointed in my life. Mostly by the pizza, but also this behavior. Though I have to say, it is fairly clever. People will never think it's Chuck E. Cheese if you associate it with food. If anybody's tried Pascali's Pizza, let me know. I don't know if they're doing it here in San Diego or not, but if you've tried it, it can't be good, right? 888-Kramer8. 888-K-R-A-M-E-R-8. I love you so much. I do. Take the survey, please. Please, please, please. They can be my early birthday present. Uh, it's survey.certifiedmamasboy.com and the link is in the bio or in the show notes sorry go in there check it out I'll see you tomorrow okay have a great day okay that's it for today thanks for listening to my son's podcast Certified Mama's Boy be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends love you forever